developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Billions of people have vision problems, and vision is more than 2020. Vision Beyond Sight will help you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Your vision does not define you. You define your vision. With Dr. Lin's new way to look at your life through a new lens, you will be ready to meet yourself and receive visualizations for miracles to come. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Lynn, and welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Today, visiting with us is my friend and colleague, Dr. Audrey Boxwell. Audrey is truly an amazing person, as you'll quickly see her power, passion, success, creativity, and influencing abilities. Today, we're going to talk about the power of movement to heal body, mind, and spirit. But here's a little bit about Audrey, as she's a very impressive She's led a very impressive and adventurous life. As a psychotherapist and pastoral counselor, Dr. Audrey Boxwell has been researching the mind-body connection and their role in healing for the past two decades. She's currently practices outside the office, taking patients and clients on walks or hikes to literally help each person move through long-standing psychological, physical, and even spiritual issues with greater ease. According to Audrey, walking beside patients levels the playing field, eliminating the hierarchy existing in traditional office settings. This, coupled with the forward action of walking and or hiking, serve as a perfect metaphor towards possibilities rather than getting stuck in the past, focusing on missed opportunities or long-held negative beliefs. In her new book, Soul to Soul, and that's a book we'll talk about later, and I highly recommend you uh, purchase as a, for yourself as well as for your friends, a daily prescription for moving forward in your life, Audrey presents daily doses of movement, motivations in the form of bite-sized anecdotes, health facts, and inspirational morsels to get readers up and out of and on their way to create a new day one filled with personal goals and action steps in order to walk their talk. She's the developer of Psych Hike, which we'll share later in the podcast. And that's an integrated physical, emotional, and spiritual program that reduces stress and increases overall health by lifting brain fog and bringing clarity to long-held dreams and life purpose. And we'll talk more about these psych hikes, one of my favorite things to do. So welcome, Audrey, to Vision Beyond Sight podcast. Thank you, Lynn, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. That is so great. So share a little bit why we think more clearly when we move. What's really behind that? What's really behind that is oxygen. Uh, It's as simple as that. As we breathe in new air, we feed our brain and those parts of the brain that really need oxygen in order to process and think. And so rather than sitting and forcing ourselves to either relax or to become more clear on a subject, movement does that for us without even thinking about it. It just happens naturally. So the oxygen feeds the brain, feeds the cells in the body, and we're all moving together as one body, mind, and spirit. Which is great. And, you know, the old adage, I need to go out and clear my head. And people have walked for, for many, many years. They've talked about clearing their head by walking. And now you've really added beyond clearing your head, really beginning to see things clearly and, and solve, solve issues. So give us a little history. How did you, you know, really put this whole concept together, which is now your passion in your business? Well, um, really from a, 
from all different um, times in my life. Um, I lost my brother when I was 10. And the only way I believed that I could speak to him um, as I believed he was in heaven was to be outside. I thought if I'm inside, no matter what I say to Ronnie, no matter what prayer I pray for him, he'll never hear me inside. So I would continually go outside to speak to him. And of course, while outside being a kid, I was moving. I was always moving. Um, I was a dancer and a gymnast and a runner. And so movement just, it fed my soul and it made me feel much more alive than just sitting. And um, so I was always on the move, so to speak. And when I went to graduate school, um, I had to take a course in meditation, believe it or not. And I tried so hard to be in that moment of emptiness, emptying my mind, uh, getting rid of any thought. And of course, the minute I told myself that I needed to do this, every thought on the planet moved into my brain. It, right. it was like it, every list I ever had downloaded into my brain. And I remember opening up my one eye and like peeking to see if, if anyone else was having the same issues. And no, they weren't. So I was basically flunking meditation and quite embarrassed that I could not um, perform this, what looked to be a simple procedure, which is to come from a place of nothingness, <laughs> which should be easy. And um, finally, uh, my dean called me into the office and said, you know, Audrey, I noticed that you're really having a, a difficult time with this meditation. And I said, I swear I can't do it. I have tried my whole life. I'm, I'm have not ever been able to sit still well. So he said, well, I have an idea. Why don't you go take a hike while we are meditating? And I didn't, I didn't know whether to be insulted or intrigued. Um, and he said, no, I am being totally serious. There's a fabulous um, hill in the back of uh, the classroom. And while we're all in here meditating, you go out and you, you know, hike to the top and, uh, and see what happens. And sure enough, uh, I came back from that first day um, and felt so... I mean, I felt like I had meditated. I really felt like nothing was holding me back. I wasn't flooded with all these negative thoughts. And I felt elated and I felt connected, really connected to the nature around me, which is everything I was told I would feel during meditation that I could never get to sitting still. So I decided. I can't be the only person on the planet who can't sit still and who processes better when in movement. And as I did research uh, in later years, I realized I was in very good company. <laughs> well, you're in company right now with one of those people because I, for years, tried meditation and two minutes seemed like a you know lifetime. And <laughs> I, I just love your story of the dean telling you, go take a hike. I mean, <laughs> literally for some people that would have closed down their, their life. And for you, it totally opened your oh, life. Uh, I'd love for you, for us to share the story of how we met, because it was through your work on your doctoral thesis that uh, you and I really met. And I'll start this story and you can certainly fill it in. And, <laughs> Please this, do. <laughs> this goes back almost uh, 18 years or so, where I had um, significant health problems. I had just had a, a surgery removing my colon because of a, a tumor in my colon. And after that, I became allergic to all foods. I couldn't eat. I couldn't think. I had brain fog. And that's before we even had a label for brain fog. So nobody understood why I couldn't think clearly. Yeah. And I remember sitting at my kitchen table, and this is when the 
the Denver Post was a newspaper you could open up and read in the morning. And, <laughs> and I saw this little ad, needed subjects for a research study. And normally those ads were looking at new medications for menopause or, or heart or cholesterol kinds of issues. And I had been diagnosed with IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. And I thought, well, there's really no meds for this. What is this study all about? So I, uh, I contacted you. And uh, when you called me back, we had lots of connections of people that we knew all around us, but you and I didn't really know each other. Yes, very synchronistic. <laughs> yes, it was. And that started my real synchronicity and healing from, mm -hmm. from the surgery, which threw me in a whole spiritual dark place for, for a couple years. Yeah. And your research was about looking at meditation and using a visualization for a chronic illness, which happened to be irritable bowel syndrome. So I became part of your study. And um, I'll let you take it on from here and explain your study a little bit and how it turned out. Well, actually, a good friend of mine, Dr. Deb Sandella, had written a book called Releasing the Inner Magician. And, um, and each chapter uh, talked about a different element um, of the earth, uh, water, fire, etc. And after every chapter, there would be a meditation. And I elaborated um, with a journaling session. It was everything actually but movement. However, because it was a guided meditation, it was um, easier for my participants to follow and not get lost in their, in their own um, thoughts. As they followed the guided meditation, they were able to relax their entire being, their entire body, which helped to ease the spasms that um, companioned IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, which is what my study was really targeting. As there was no medication um, at the time, I was looking for modalities that would help patients to just relax enough so that they could put their mind on what they needed to rather than their gut. And I noticed that if I could um, distract them, then the gut would have an opportunity to ease and the pain could subside. And putting your attention on something else absolutely eliminated that um, issue of living inside your stomach and just holding your breath until the pain went away. Um, of course, what we now know is that breathing is the best thing you can do to reduce the symptoms of IBS because the minute you hold your breath, your body goes into fight or flight, which is one of the reasons why irritable bowel um, exists in the first place. So um, we need blood in our gut to digest our food. And when you're in fight or flight, the blood is everywhere but in the gut. So it causes all kinds of, of pain and um, aches and there's there's this interruption between the mind and the gut that should not happen. In other words, there's a there's an enteric nervous system which goes from the brain, the central nervous system to the gut. And so anything that we think in our brain, we feel in our stomach immediately. And vice versa, anything we feel in our gut, when we have that gut reaction, it, it sends messages up to our brain to try to figure out what's going on and why is our stomach feeling this way. So extremely helpful if we would listen to our gut, but most of us um, try to distract ourselves from what the gut's really trying to tell us. And we end up swallowing whatever issues we have and causing the pain to exacerbate. So by relaxing our bodies, by breathing deeply into um, this guided meditation, I really saw that um, the symptoms of IBS were diminishing. And so 
I asked um, Dr. Deb if it would be okay if I used her book as, as part of the protocol for my dissertation. She said, absolutely. So that program became known as RIM and it has been renamed at this point in time to reimagining images in the mind, which is part of her process that um, is extremely helpful for removing blocks that are subconscious and we don't even know are holding us back. So um, long story short, it worked. <laughs> it worked very just, well, oh. as I can personally <laughs> attest to that and still utilize that. Go ahead. Yeah, and I, I was just thrilled at the results. And um, yeah, and it did become a study that we could take and use with different patients and it was very effective, so. Which was great. And that opened up both a personal um, avenue of healing for me, as well as a friendship, which I am grateful for. And I remember after one of our sessions, and basically we listened to the CDs and kept a, a, a journal of quality of life symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I remember vividly after one of the sessions we had, I was driving home and even to this day, I remember exactly where I was at. I was in the car on the top of the hill, ready to get onto the highway. Right. And I heard this voice. I've had a few experiences where I hear this voice, this loud, deep voice mm -hmm. with a very important piece of information. I, and it's so loud and clear that I stop and look around to see where did that voice come from? <laughs> it's like this voice from heaven. Uh -huh. And there was this voice that said to me so loudly, you don't listen to your gut. <laughs> and I literally, you know, I, I was paralyzed for the second, like, I don't listen to my gut. At that time, I was stressed. I was overworked. I needed to take breaks. I needed, you know, I was just at a point like a train crash. And when I heard this message, you don't listen to your gut. I was filled with compassion for, oh, my poor gut. <laughs> no wonder it's trashed. And um, again, that was a major part of the start of my healing process of my gut, as well as shifting my whole life. And, and it's really why I'm at where I'm at right now in the podcasting of Vision Beyond Sight, because it was through this healing that uh, I really got more involved in visualization and taking it out to the world. So a big personal thank you for your work and, and the impact it's had on me. Oh, thank you. Well, and a thank you to, to alerting the rest of us that we do have this capability of visualizing what we want to have happen and negating what we don't want to have happen. So putting our attention to our desires rather than our fears. And, you know, I have found your books very enlightening and absolutely on point um, and utilize, you know, what is it that I want and just keep putting my attention on that and breathing it in, seeing it, hearing it, using all my senses to get me to that point in the present tense rather than as a future wish. And, uh, and so visualizing, especially in terms of calming the mind and calming uh, all the processes in our bodies um, is extremely helpful in all different settings, whether it's preoperative types of settings or um, during times of grief. It, it really is very impactful and very important. Well, I sure know the impact uh, when I had a knee replacement surgery a couple years ago, and um, it's what really helped get me through mentally. Yes. Um, because as much as I know this, and I, I feel so strongly about the power of visualization and guided meditation, um, when I'm in the midst of stress and anxiety, all of that goes away. The knowing goes away. And it's yep. really getting the coaching and the help to get back to the breathing, and I'd like to talk more about that after our break in just a couple minutes, but the breathing and really creating what it is that I want to be and where I want to go. Otherwise, that whole anxiety will fill my mind with 
you know, all the side effects of the surgery and you could die and you could this and right. a lot of shoulda, couldas, hope it doesn't. And um, exactly. it certainly gives us tools to break that, that uh, circuit of thinking. Uh, exactly. And that's all it is. That's yeah. all it is. I remember you talked about let your thoughts move in and out. I go, she's crazy. What is she talking about? <laughs> thoughts moving in and out and, and look at the spaces between our thoughts. And at that time, this is, you know, like almost 20 years ago, I'm going, what spaces between the thoughts? And so it was so foreign, the language of it right. was so foreign to me. Yeah. Um, it certainly, the, the way I broke into it was just allow it to happen, just to do it, not to figure it out. Because trying to figure it out and being rational about the meditation and, and what was happening, that was the breakdown, trying to figure it out. It was just being and allowing it to happen to my body that, that had the power. Exactly. And that's where movement came in for me, was realizing that if I could get um, my clients and patients to move, to actually move one foot in front of the other, they didn't even have to go to that place of, I'm thinking the wrong things. They would naturally, as they looked forward, started to think more forwardly. So rather than getting stuck in the what ifs and all their negative experiences, they were looking forward to, okay, so what's possible now, you know? And in that freedom of movement, our optimism kicks in. And so we're not, you know, looking behind us at what went wrong. You know, why did I do that? Why did I put myself in that situation? We're just looking forward to, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And being surrounded um, in nature fills our senses with a sense of optimism and joy, just being in that space of being outdoors. Well, you know, after our break, Audrey, I'd really like to talk about some of your languaging. If, if people really listen to your words of um, when you describe nature, I was already getting relaxed just hearing your description of nature. And, um, you know, listen to our own language, listen to others. I mean, you've said it. And I remember when I was really ill with all my digestive um, stuff, the languaging I was using, I can't stomach that. I can't swallow <laughs> that. And my kids and I, oh, the language we use, you can imagine the language we use when I was really sick. And it was all digestive terms, you know, it was exactly where my issues are at. So we'll talk about that after our break. We'll just take a couple minutes break and we'll be right back with you. Thank Great. you. Thank you. Dr. Lynn will be right back after this. Can your child see, really see, more than 2020? Does your child struggle in school, have trouble with tracking when reading, or resist writing? Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's award-winning book, See It, Say It, Do It, provides parents and teachers with specific tools and strategies in visualization and processing. Improve and empower your child's learning and performance in school, sports, and play. Get See It, Say It, Do It on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's book, 50 Tips to Improve Your Sports Performance, has identified the top 50 ways for you to achieve excellent results in any sport activity, enhance eye-mind-body coordination skills, achieve the mental edge, prevent injuries. This book belongs in every athlete's or coach's sports bag. Get 50 tips to improve your sports performance on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Welcome back to Vision Beyond Sight. Here's Dr. Lynn. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Audrey Boxwell, 
who's a, a psychologist, and she um, has been talking to us about the power of movement to heal body, mind, and spirit. And we've been talking about her research, her doctoral research, and the impact on uh, guided meditation on a chronic illness, which happened to be IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, which I was lucky enough to have in addition to the uh, other colon problems, probably all tied together. But once I had colon surgery and got rid of the bad stuff, I still had to find a way to live my life, eat differently, and not just eat differently, but be differently and see my life differently. So let's move in. We were talking about, you know, some of the languaging and um, you can tell where people are at by just listening to their words because what we say is what we create. So if I'm in a language of, of I can't stomach that, I can't, I should have, um, that's when people go run in to get counseling, we hope. Exactly, exactly. And what I noticed, um, not at first, but after the fact was that all my languaging was about movement. You know, it was always, let's get moving on this and um, let's, you know, walk with this issue and see what happens. It was, it was clearly motivated by movement. And when I listened to my patients, I, I noticed they use that as well, you know? it's always, I'll get going on this. <laughs> yeah. And it's, there's all of these words that really describe movement whenever we're having conversations, you know? So clearly, um, I mean, we were meant to move. We were given the ability to move on two legs and to look out and see what's next to keep ourselves safe. We were never meant to stay in one place. We went from, um, from village to village, making sure that we could um, live there and grow our crops there and hunt um, food. And we were never meant to be sedentary. That was not what the human body was meant to do. And so sitting for long periods of time does impact our bodies negatively. Uh, we need that movement to feed each part of our, uh, our organs, our cells, our tissues. It, it's vital to keep us healthy. Well, it's so apparent if you watch how babies develop they learn through movement long before they can speak and communicate. Yes, absolutely. And babies who have um, illness or some types of disabilities that impair their movement totally impacts their whole way of being for the rest of their life. And so, yes. Yes. you know, we, we start coming out of the womb needing to move and anything that restricts that. And then we become adults and especially now, then we sit behind screens for six, eight, 10, 12 hours a day and wonder, why our body hurts, why our soul hurts. And here we are right now. Yes, yes. And um, it, it was for me that the pandemic um, did a lot of damage in that it made human beings fearful of going outside and moving. And so that, you know, that paralysis that took over our whole being because of fear um, did a lot of harm in the physical body as well as the mental, wow. you know, that mental area. So I encouraged people from the beginning of the pandemic, you don't have to stay inside and sit and watch TV and live in fear 24 seven because your body is, is in a continuous state of fight or flight, which is extremely detrimental. It causes an inflammatory response and all of our organs suffer because of it. So there was nothing that, and nobody that said, putting, even putting on a mask, if that was you know, the preference, just getting outside and moving was probably the best medicine I could prescribe to anybody at that time. So I still believe it. <laughs> well, I know walking, I tell people walking saved my life through the pandemic. Um, 
I walked so much. <laughs> this is a great, exactly. I, I broke my foot twice in over walking, <laughs> but I could deal with the break much easier than the mental um, uh, break. frustration. And, yeah. and so mm -hmm. uh, that truly did save my life. So, so let's get into the psych hike. You know, how did you come up with that? And, and tell our listeners what, what you mean by a psych hike. Well, the way I spell psych is really psyche. It's with the E on the end and psyche is soul. And so as I was telling you at the beginning of this um, session, that's, I would speak to my brother um, only when I went outside. And it was really important for me to have him. He, he became my guardian angel, I think, because um, it made the concept of death um, different for me so that I could keep his soul alive by speaking to him. And then gradually I realized that I could speak to God outside as well. And, and it became my spiritual center was going outside. Um, that's where I found um, life. That's where I found God. That's where I found my truth. Um, without borders, without barriers, without a ceiling, I was able to feel like my words were heard. Uh, and as I studied theology in graduate school, because I, I did get a doctorate in theology, I noticed that every one of our prophets, the disciples, anyone who has anything to say in the Bible, usually heard the voice of God at the top of a mountain. And so I thought, if it worked for them, it could work for me. <laughs> I love that analogy. And, you know, yeah, and it was, it was absolutely the truth. And so I would find um, different trails where I could climb and feel that ascension in my body and come to a place always, a vista where I could look out and get a different perspective. Um, I think it's so important for us to use these true metaphors to get to that place of truth and clarity. And for me, actually putting my body in those situations really um, hurried the process. So rather than taking weeks, months, years to get to that aha moment, I could do it in an hour or two hours and go, oh, wow, that's what I need to do. And I would come back with a resolution that worked because I could actually see more clearly when I could actually see, you know, 360 all around me. There was nothing preventing my vision, my thought process. It was wide open. And, uh, and again, I thought if it works for me, it'll work for other people. And so I started to take groups out who were working on a situation in which they were stuck, whether it was an, you know, a woman's organization, whether it was in a company, whenever there was an issue going on where people were in the boardroom trying to figure it out. My advice was let's get outside and walk with it and see what happens. And it was very successful. Um, once I got people on board, you know, because the thought of we're going to go outside. <laughs> right. But once that became uh, less frightening, because bottom line, it was fear that was keeping people inside. And it was fear of change, um, trying something different. But once people tried it, uh, they realized how effective it was and it could become part of their routine, which, um, which really did accelerate uh, their life in so many different ways. Now, see, I, I keep using words that describe movement. Well, and that is you, and it's clearly a you. Right. <laughs> Can you describe what, if somebody went on a, a psych hike, what would it be like for them? What do they do? And So what we do is we, each person will, will have something that we're, they're working on. And if not, um, a problem or an immediate issue, they have a, a desire, a dream, an intention. 
And so what I have um, my participants do is bring that into mind, what it is they would like to have happen, what it is they would like to change, what is the end result they are looking for at the end of this time together. And then just let it go, just let it go. So that we are opened up um, to what's possible through our senses as we're moving. And I start on an uphill um, incline to get the breath um, deeper. Because as we're ascending, we have to take deeper breaths um, to feel comfortable. And that deep breathing, that slower deep breathing is perfect in which to open up that those parts of the brain that have been sleeping or stuck in the past. And so through nature, through the ground, and the grass and the trees and the birds and the flowers, we begin to sense a oneness and a sense of joy in just being amongst living, breathing things so that we are never alone. We are always intimate and involved and connected to every living thing on the planet. And it, it's extremely powerful to be surrounded by color and fresh air and, a, and looking at these old trees and thinking how wise they must be having been around for so long. And then coming to find out while hiking it all these years uh, later, that they do have an incredible uh, root system that communicates with each other in, in clusters. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. And here we are in the midst of it. I mean, <laughs> it can't get any better than that. And so we walk for a while, at, at least a half an hour. Um, and then I have my participants stop. And this, of course, it can be in a group or individually. And I then do a guided imagery process where rather than just having people, um, you know, sit still and meditate, I, I bring them into a different space, a different time to get to the crux of the problem in a very general way. And, um, and it just seems to happen. It's very organic. It's not, it doesn't seem um, difficult to anyone. And we just go back in time to that point where somebody said something that has affected us for the rest of our lives. It's called an, initia an initializing incident where our greatest dreams perhaps were dashed in an afternoon because some relative said, why are you even trying to do this? You're, you're not very good at this. Why don't you try that? And so <laughs> where we thought we excelled, where we thought you know, we could be all of that, somebody came and tore up their dream. And so what we're doing is we're reconnecting with that, that spirit that we had before somebody said we couldn't, or we weren't enough, or we weren't smart enough, whatever it was, we go back to that time and we change the outcome to what it truly is we want and what is truly possible. Because if it wasn't possible, we couldn't have drummed it in the first place. Any inventor that you talk to will tell you that it was first a thought in their mind before they manifested it physically. It has to first be a thought in the mind. And so eliminating all those barriers that we put on us from other people's opinions are deleted. 
they're washed away in that moment. And we are able to see clearly in our mind's eye, um, as you write about what it is that's possible. And we actually feel it in our bodies. We feel that sense of joy and can-do spirit. I give them a time then to journal about it because as we are meditating, it's kind of like a dream. And if you don't write it down, it, because it's in the subconscious and not a conscious mind thing, you forget it. So we write it down. We then talk about it, putting it out into the universe to even make that thought more palpable and stronger. And then as we move back together and we begin to walk down from the trail, I give people an opportunity to then speak to each other about what it is that came up in the meditation and what they know to be true now. And that's truly, when we share it, it's truly getting it out in the universe and becoming, so the sharing also is a really important part of yes. completion. Yes. Yeah, when you, speak, when you speak it out, you give the, the words much more power than when you're just keeping it inside. Right. Audrey, it's a um, beautiful, beautiful example of what I talk about vision beyond sight, you know, going beyond what's there and the stories that we've created about it and gives you the opportunity to recreate the stories about yourself. Um, yes. Because yes. how we think is what we've created ourselves. Sure, we may have had trauma and that's not to belittle it, but it's the impact of the stories we create around it, which is what's so... Uh, loxus and exactly the place which is exactly. great yeah can you yeah uh, yeah i was going to ask you to share some breakthroughs that some of your people have had through your psych hike again this whole process is maybe an hour an hour and a half uh but you've had people with some major breakthroughs during that time if you could share a little of that well um probably the most profound is um and it's happened numerous times when people realize that what they are doing in the profession in their professional life has been something that they were told they were good at and they decided that that's what they needed to do because they were good at it so why would you want to do this you're so good at this let's you know let's just focus on this one area and so what happens is um during high school and college, that's what you do. Rather than trying different things that you are passionate about, you're doing the practical. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what I've noticed is, so the people that I'm taking out, they'll perhaps they've been in the same profession for 10, 15 years, and they get to that point where they realize that they become robots and they're not really living they're just going through their day on automatic pilot because they're not passionate about what they're doing. And so what happens is they go, oh my God, I don't wanna do this anymore. I wanna do what I wanted and I wanna become what I wanted to become when I was five and six and seven. <laughs> my biggest wish, my biggest dream um, what I used to like envision as a child, see, envision. Yes. And they connect with that feeling in such a deep way that by the end of the hike, what I hear is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can do this. And it doesn't have to happen abruptly. As a matter of fact, I encourage people not to quit the next day, but, but to start ring integrating that desire back into their life and utilizing it more and more to see if they can then create a new normal for themselves so that rather than just be being that robot um they can truly live and what that does is that helps them with every part of their being in other words i have people who have chronic illness and when they move into a different area of their life and open up to what's possible what they've always wished for dreamed about their disorders 
are eliminated. All of a sudden, IBS is diminished. Chronic fatigue begins to subside. There's this new energy that overtakes their whole being because they're living their truth, their truth, not somebody else's truth. And that's so important, especially with illness. And that was part of my big lesson is um, there's not a whole lot you can control in this world except for your thoughts and your imageries. And um, to empower oneself can really be healing in so many ways. And yes, I've seen people's illness. In fact, we have a couple podcasts of people who've recovered from cancer treatment, use traditional medicine along with this very strong visualization and, and working on our belief systems. And, and um, it goes, it just so goes beyond just a visualization. It's truly recreating your life. Oh, yes. What do you, yeah, what do you do if a person uh, either has a disability or really can't walk very far up a hill? How do you deal with them? Uh, we change the trail. I, I come up with a different way to, um, to move. I have taken out um, people with MS. In fact, you know, I, I did a program with, with um, the MS um, Society up in Vail and with walkers, with wheelchairs, we found a trail and it absolutely worked. So the barriers are in the, in the mind. So once you allow yourself permission to say, you know what, let's try it. Let's, let's just, you know, let's release this fear that's holding me back. Once you can move beyond that and join in, um, it's all doable. There, there is no person, I don't care who they are, um, that I can't move with. It, and it doesn't matter the apparatus that's needed. That doesn't matter. But there is that feeling of movement. There is that sense of movement. And I did first notice that when I worked with um, the ski program up in Winter Park, when it was called the National Handicap you know, um, Program and it's changed names. Um, but, but I saw that it didn't matter how we skied down the mountain, what we were using to ski down the mountain, that feeling, that exhilaration, that scenery, um, was healing in and of itself. And there were very few who did not benefit from that. And it was the same way with hiking. It, it did, doesn't matter the way in which we get there, only that we allow ourselves to move in that direction. Well, Audrey, your words are so moving. And I love that analogy. <laughs> and they totally touch my soul. Um, and we're, we're close to the end of our time. And I've, I've loved what you shared. Uh, just some of your, your words were so moving, truly, I was feeling in a very meditative state, just listening to you <laughs> on this podcast, I'm going to need to get up and move right now. Uh, but if you could share with our listeners, just in our last minute or two, how they can contact you and um, your website and uh, any other information you'd like them to have. Well, what I want to um, talk about also is my book, which is From Soul to Soul, A Daily Prescription for Moving Forward in Your Life. And just read um, what I wrote today, June 28th. Every day there is um, a little um, inspirational blurb that I put in this book so that one could pick it up um, upon waking in the morning and read something positive that would get them moving forward. Um, I think if we can get into that habit of be before we're starting our day, before we allow ourselves to be inundated with all our to-do lists, that if we could just get up, get dressed and move outside, we could figure out our days with ease and grace rather than with constriction and fear and dread. And so today is 
June 28th, and it's, I love myself enough to walk. And the question is, do you? And so each day I have a different, I either have a question or a saying. Yesterday was nature gives to every time and season some beauties of its own. And that's by Charles Dickens. Um, something to motivate you to move forward because it's extremely powerful in every area of your life. So this and, is a great book for yourself and what a wonderful gift to give friends, yeah. family, um, um, special yeah. events. Right. There's nobody who, who couldn't benefit from a positive um, thought first thing in the morning. Uh, much better prescription than turning on the TV and hearing all the horrific news of, you know, the day before the last night or what's about to happen <laughs> right, right. Uh, that we should, you know, fear and dread. So, yeah. Um, so just that idea of reading something that gets your body into a place of wanting to move on it, whatever it is, I want to move on that. I want to go forward with this. I want to see where it takes me and, and letting the body move the mind. So yes. much easier, so much easier. And that's beautiful. And how about your website so people and can so find you? It's my name, www.audreyboxwell.com. Um, I'm on Instagram um, under... Yeah, we have all that in the show notes. Oh, okay. So great, people will great, be able great. to find you on Facebook, yeah. LinkedIn, Instagram, your website. Right. Um, and uh, I just want to thank you so very much for your inspiration and your words of wisdom. Uh, my you, pleasure. You have made a big difference in my life and I know many others as well. And so uh, as we close today, I just want everybody to really take in Audrey's words and, and visualize and walk your talk. Thank you for joining us today on Vision Beyond Sight. Join Dr. Lynn Hellerstein each week to help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Remember, your vision does not define you. You define your vision. For more information and find additional podcasts, visit lynnhellerstein.com. See you next time on Vision Beyond Sight.